back, everybody, to the greatest music NFT podcast show. I am your host, Beaks Vibe, and this is your number one source for all things Web3 music and music NFTs. And welcome back, everybody. This week, we are still talking about AI technology, how disruptive, how incredibly disruptive it still is and going to be to the music industry. And we have a little bit of continuation from our most recent episode or last week's episode where, you know, we were talking about AI Drake and AI Drake took kind of the world by storm, uh, went super viral. Just a little TLDR is a couple artists or a ghostwriter by the name Ghostwriter put a TikTok out that was an AI generated or, you know, we'll talk about this in just a little bit because it's a little bit of an asterisk here, but an AI generated song basically emulating the voices of Drake, The Weeknd. Then there was then another ghostwriter that ended up emulating the voices of Bad Bunny, Rihanna. It's just a complete, you know, free-for-all of a total kind of superstar voice emulation using kind of AI generative technology and tool sets that are being developed uh, by the day, by the hour as we speak. And obviously this is using the kind of the voice, the likeness, the imagery, uh, the sound, the likeness of many a famous superstar, many of whom are under the copyrighted protection of Universal Music Group, um, one of the big three behemoths of the music industry, of course. You have your Warner Music, you have your Sony Music, and you have your Universal Music, which are kind of your big three. So as we continue this week talking about some of the AI madness that is absolutely putting the music industry in a place of unknown territory that it's never seen the likes of before, Universal Music Group is taking one of the two coveted paths that was before them, which, you know, when we talked about last week that you're either going to have to super enforce the copyright or you're going to have to free the copyright. Hashtag enforce the copyright, hashtag free the copyright. And Universal Music Group is going to hashtag enforce the copyright. So they are clamoring down. If you'll remember, a spokesperson from Universal Music Group came out and basically was giving the dear anonymous user, you know, dear internet user, dear AI user, do the right thing. You know, which side of history do you want to stand on? Well, they're also coming out and being a little bit more uh, legitimate in their lawful takedown. So let's talk about where Universal is today. So evidently, Universal Music Group just held its quarterly Q1 2023 earnings call, and Sir Lucian Grange, who's the CEO and chairman of Universal Music Group, criticized the quote-unquote content oversupply that currently sees around 100,000 tracks a day distributed to music streaming services. And he, in quote, says, Not many people realize that AI has already been a major contributor to this content oversupply. Most of this AI content on digital service providers comes from the prior generation of AI, a technology that is not trained on copyrighted IP or intellectual property, and that produces very poor quality output with virtually no consumer appeal. The recent explosive development in generative AI will, if left unchecked, both increase the flood of unwanted content hosted on platforms 
and create rights issues with respect to existing copyright law in the U.S. and other countries, end quote. So, you know, a little bit more of a serious take. Universal Music Group has been doing a little bit of flag waving to kind of the greater authorities, the greater institutions, such as, you know, governments, those that kind of legislate law. And it sounds like there's a lot of kind of legal, you know, reading the tea leaves, you know, read in between the lines kind of talk here that does look to be very serious about kind of re-amending or kind of updating kind of the language of the law. Because I don't know that anyone had it on their bingo card how generative AI was going to come and just like take the world by storm. You know, I've read a few both in college and in my own personal doings, you know, I've read a few music contracts, just to put it lightly, right, as a music producer or whatever. And, you know, the contracts have always been very label friendly in its language to protect future works, because this has happened, at least to some degree, once before with the internet era, right, where, you know, the you know all the language was talking about hard copies and this and that. And then next thing you know, there was streaming and kind of digital copies and did a digital copy equal a hard, you know, a, a real copy and like, what did it mean? And so there was all this kind of next thing, like next thing you know, the labels got really scared and cautious and wary because it was like, oh, does, does our contract language not protect kind of now this future that belongs on the internet? And so ever since that scare, They've always had their language be like, well, and for any future technology, you know, henceforth, you know, we will be protected and binding, da, 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 da. So it's always been kind of a very broad stroke language. that's just like for anything that, that we can't even think of, this is still being protected. So it's interesting how like, yeah, that creates a broad stroke, but clearly you know, there's going to be edge cases, there's going to be applicable, you know, licensable material for AI and non-licensable material for AI. And like, where does that then get defined? And where are the bounds of those laws? And so things certainly will have to be kind of uh, more detailed, I think, because generative AI, music generation, and the way that these language models kind of take in data, uh, or copyrighted protected data, uh, really interesting. But let's continue talking about Uni Universal Music Group. So Lucian Grange goes on to say in the earnings call here that further we have provisions in our commercial contracts that provide additional protections. Unlike its predecessors, much of the latest generative AI, aka the fake Drake, the fake Bad Bunny, the fake Rihanna's, is trained on copyrighted material, which clearly violates artists and labels' rights and will put platforms completely at odds with the partnerships with us and our artists and the ones that drive success. So that's a little bit of kind of like a threatening language there that's really interesting, right? This is like, this is a little bit of do the right thing, you know? It's like, are you going to side with us or them? This is some of that kind of flag-waving I was alluding to here. He goes on to say... Should platforms traffic in this kind of music, meaning generative AI music, they would face the additional responsibility of addressing a huge volume of infringing AI-generated content. Any way you look at it, it's oversupply. Whether or not AI creates that oversupply, it's simply bad, bad for artists, bad for fans, and bad for the platform themselves. So those are Grange's statements. And essentially, he's got one major uh, assertion that he's gone out to say, which is that the training of these generative AI 
uh, models are using copyright protected works and that any kind of generation or generative content or derivative work created from that is an infringement of copyright protection. Now, whether that's true or not is one thing. So let's say that's true. But then the enforcement of how you stop all that or stop the influx of, you know, madness that takes over the Internet and uh, the digital service providers is a totally different thing. I mean, 100,000 songs uploaded was a daily. I mean, it's just like insane amounts of music. And I think like something like 98 percent of them go just like unheard. So, you know, it makes you think even just kind of philosophically, it's like, yeah, just what do you even do about the oversupply of music in general, right? Um, you know, when any time that you make something easily producible, like making music with, you know, the advent of, you know, digital audio workstations and, you know, DAWs and the plugins and loops, and now you have generative AI that can just make the ease you know, you really don't have to have any type of musical background. It's just, uh, you know, a savviness of technology and, and bada bing, bada boom. So when you make it that easy and, the, and then digitally distribute is, you know, easy enough, it waters down kind of the, the overall quality in general. So there's already just a major oversaturation problem in music. So it's not like generative AI is going to come in, you know, suddenly take over the speakers with something that wasn't already you know, top tier, but I just, uh, a lot of it's kind of in theory. We know we disagree with it, but also kind of in practice, it's like, well, what really is going to be the difference? Are are people really just going to mindlessly output just, you know, tons of, uh, music that will already be, I mean, the majority of music is left unheard anyways. So what's a little bit more that goes unheard. So one of the interesting things I was, uh, reading about, in terms of the fake Drake situation. So there's a little something I want to clear the airwaves about when talking about the fake Drake stuff. And, you know, we were using the, or when I say we, of course, I mean, I, I was using the terminology of like, just, you know, totally generative AI. And that wasn't actually necessarily the case. So to clarify really what the fake Drake song is, it's using this AI engine that can emulate a popular voice like Drake, right? But it takes human output and creation to still make that. So it took human songwriting. It took a human voice. It took human production on the, on the actual beat itself. So there are AI generative beats. There are AI generative vocals. There are AI generative, you know, lyrics. That wasn't this. Okay, so this was somebody who was writing their own song lyrics, putting their own voice and getting their own production. And they just used some AI generative technology to emulate kind of a a, or mimic, you know, a superstar talent uh, and their likeness. And on the song that I didn't demo because it was already taken down and for whatever purposes, you know, the one thing that was actually 100 percent copyrighted infringement was when they used the Metro Boomin producer tag on the beginning of the song, right? So Metro Boomin on any of his produced songs, you know, there's always that little Metro Boomin tag. And so when the producer or when this kind of ghostwriter in a clever way added the Metro Boomin tag to kind of add to the realness of the AI quote unquote song, 
that was all that Universal Music Group actually needed to get, do the takedown was that was enough to be like, oh, infringement on the copyright. Now, technically speaking, even though I'm technically also definitely not a lawyer, if that producer tag was not on that kind of quote unquote fake Drake song, I don't know that Universal Music Group had the 100% pure takedown ability, which was kind of what we were talking about last episode too, is that, you know, if, if a human didn't create it, it's not, a, in, you know, it's not protectable by copyright. And so if this was a quote unquote AI generative song, well, if it's not protected by a copyright, it can't infringe on copyright, I think. But it wasn't being taken down because of the AI generative part. It was actually taken down because of the Metro Boom and producer tag, which was very explicitly copyright protected. So it would have been interesting if, uh, so I don't, so I think with the Bad Bunny song, I'm not sure, because I think that's actually still on TikTok and still is kind of swirling around, even though I don't think that was distributed to uh, Spotify and stuff like that. So I don't know. I still think maybe the total, you know, we're not really sure where it all stands still. And that's my point. And I don't think Universal knows where it stands either. And it's hoping it can be a kind of thought leader in the discussion of where it is, though, clearly. Because now they are being very proactive and vocal about where they stand. So last thing I want to talk about, just kind of concluding with the Universal Music Group. So there's another person that works for Universal called Michael. His name is Michael Nash. He's the executive vice president and chief digital officer at Universal. He's talked about AI music in the past, and he was asked specifically about his company's view of the legal framework surrounding copyright protection for superstar mimicking AI voice technology. Nash's answer to that question was unequivocal. Fake Drake and other recordings like it contravene copyright law. Said Nash in quote, I'm glad that you asked this question about our legal view of AI because I do think that there's been a little bit of confusion. We're happy to have the opportunity to be very, very clear about our view of the legal landscape. Companies have to obtain permission and execute a license to use copyrighted content for AI training or other purposes, and we're committed to maintaining these legal principles. First of all, in terms of copyright, to reiterate our very clearly articulated position, Sophisticated generative AI that's enabled by large language models, which is trained on our intellectual property, violates copyright law in several ways. So that's it. That's the main quote. And so clearly, you know, Sir Lucian Grange and his, uh, you know, his top brass are out to fight the good fight and enforce the copyright protection of their, uh, of their moneymakers, of their cash cows, as they should be. Now, what's interesting, and I think we're going to dedicate a future episode to this on the podcast because we're just going to keep this episode right and tight about the Universal Music Group kind of response to the AI Drake craziness. But, you know, Universal Music Group, for as staunchly as this all makes it sound like they are against generative AI for many reasons, not only for the infringement of copyright, but clearly Lucian Grange looking at the overall music ecosystem feels that there is an oversaturation in the supply side of the marketplace. Well, they are also investing early round investors in AI generative tool making. So clearly they're trying to hedge their bet. Yes, they're against certain copyright infringing uh, data sets that are taking their work. But at the same time, 
they're interested in what the power of AI technology can do for their own pockets. So we will talk more about that at a later time, but we will end the episode there. Make sure you are following us on Twitter. We are at TGM NFT pod. Of course, you know, that's short for the greatest music NFT podcast show is what that's short for. You can also follow us on YouTube and you can follow us on TikTok. Uh, same channel, same name. You know where to find us. You can also find us anywhere podcasts are streamed. And hopefully that's exactly where you are right now listening to us. And if you're still listening to the ending credits, we support you. We thank you. We appreciate you. And make sure you follow us so we can say thank you. So hit the subscribe button, hit the follow button, hit the like button, and we will see you same place, same time next week. Peace.